Hello everyone, this is uh, Alberto Ferro, your host at uh, Where is the Music podcast. As you're getting ready for a new musical investigation, preparing your ears and imagination for another journey in the world of music, I would like to remind you that Where is the Music podcast has no sponsor. It relies entirely on donations from listeners like yourselves. You can find a link to my website, albertoferro.com, and to my Patreon account in the episode description. If you like what I do and would like me to continue doing it, I encourage you to become a supporter of the podcast, which publishes an episode every week. Thank you for listening, and now let's find out where is the music. Welcome everyone today to today's podcast. This was uh, George Gershwin from one of his uh, piano roles. Uh, he's actually playing that. Uh, of course, now this role has been um, about 20 years ago, probably more than that, has been reissued on a, on a modern piano. That's how it sounds uh, so bright and so clean. But uh, that's himself at the piano playing a tune called singing the blues today exactly i wanted to talk about one of my favorite american composers uh, george gershwin uh, we will be looking at a song called do it again and through the uh, a little bit of uh, analysis a little bit of insight in how this song is uh, composed um, we will see how uh, gershwin styles is so remarkable and, uh, and unique uh, Do It Again is one of the many songs that the composer uh, wrote uh, in his life. Uh, we are talking about um, pro- possibly hundreds of songs. Um, the song particularly premiered in the uh, 1922 Broadway show called uh, The French Doll. Uh, just to give you a sense, uh, we know Gershwin has a, a composer of... Uh, piano works, orchestral works, uh, and of course a lot of uh, opera, a lot of musicals, but he, um, his interest and um, dedication to vocal music uh, is outstanding. Uh, he wrote uh, two operas, around 20 musicals. Uh, he wrote music scores for five movie movies and uh, uh, r- roughly uh, 10 orchestral works uh, including Rhapsody in Blue, An American in Paris and, and others. Um, he is the uh, quintessential contemporary American composer. Um, his ability to merge music and lyrics is what makes his music timeless. I would say that um, 
com compared to uh, European opera composers of his time, uh, perhaps you can point out at a couple of aspects. Um, in the case of Gershwin, tradition doesn't seem to press upon uh, creativity. Uh, what do I mean? Gershwin knows his listener is the common person, is the New Yorker, is the, the American uh, person, the American worker who uh, wants at once to be entertained, inspired, but also has bills to pay. And, um, um, and it sounds like to me uh, that the, the there is a striking difference between the, the target audience uh, of operas written uh, until this time in Europe from, I don't know, we're talking about the Italian operas to German operas, Puccini, Mozart, uh, Ver Verdi, and all, all, all the other ones. Uh, there seems to be a, a kind of a, a pressure, a comparison that each new uh, composer has to draw um, between himself or herself and the, and the tradition, particularly this very high literary tradition of the uh, Italian and German opera. But with Gershwin, this seems all to disappear. Of course, there are um, social economic factors, cultural, of course, we're in America. But uh, I keep thinking uh, that, that there is such a liberating joyousness in all of his music uh, that is impossible to find in any of his European contemporaries. Uh, this applies to the instrumental music, but also to all the songs that he wrote and the musicals. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, he believed, and I'm quoting, that uh, true music must reflect the thought and aspirations of the people and time. My people are Americans. My time is today. This is just to say how uh, intrinsically intertwined is his work with the uh, uh, contemporary American of the 20s and the 30s. Uh, it, it is worth noting, however, that um, he felt some sort of pressure of comparison with composers such as Ravel, Schoenberg, Stravinsky. Uh, in the mid-20s, in fact, Gershwin stayed in Paris for a short period during which he applied to study composition with uh, the noted Nadia Boulanger, famous uh, composer and composition teacher, uh, who, uh, along with several other prospective tutors, such as Maurice Ravel, turned him down. Uh, afraid, they were afraid that this, the rigorous classical study would ruin his jazz influence style. Maurice Ravel uh, uh, wrote a rejection letter <laughs> saying, why becoming a second-rate Ravel when you are already a first-rate Gershwin? This is quite uh, quite a famous quote. Uh, there is an an another interesting quote from uh, uh, from the same Ravel that goes like this: George Gershwin uh, asked to study with Ravel, and when Ravel heard how much Gershwin was earning with with his music, Ravel replied, "Well, you should give me lessons." not should be the other way around. Um, so looking at uh, Gershwin's general style, uh, we can totally see that if he doesn't uh, take from the European classical tradition, uh, he 
um, stills from uh, other musical tradition and there is plenty at this time in america he seems to be learning to process he processing repackaging he merges and distills uh, he restyles a lot in his music uh, particularly i'm thinking of uh, uh, tin tin pan alley what is tin pan alley is a uh, that's the name of a road uh, i think in, uh, in new york that was uh, uh, represented uh, a collection of music publishers, songwriters, uh, and, um, and composers. So um, this collection of uh, music uh, creatives uh, dominated popular music in the United States in the late 19th and early 20th century. You can imagine um, in the transition between music being just performed uh, uh, and um, transferred orally from a generation to another this is the century this is the moment in history where things start becoming sold as a, not just as recordings but also as a scores and so uh, uh, timpanale represents this uh, uh, also i think symbolically um, uh, represents this uh, uh, collaborations between uh, composer, mu music publisher, musicians, songwriters uh, in a city that, uh, as we all know, was pulsating with uh, new creativity, new music. This place, Tin Pan Alley, uh, came to define a particular style of music uh, that uh, became hugely popular and uh, was a mixture of all the styles that were around in America at the time. Uh, other things that we find in his music are ragtime, uh, as the example that we just uh, we just heard. Blues, of course, um, sung blues and played instrumental blues. Um, but m even possibly more important to uh, Gershwin interest in uh, vocal music is the genre called vaudeville, which is a theatrical genre uh, of uh, variety entertainment which began in France at the end of the 19th century. A vaudeville was originally a comedy uh, without uh, any psychological or moral intention based on a, a comical situation, um, dramatic composition or light poetry interspersed with uh, songs or ballet. Uh, it became very popular in the United States and Canada from the early 1880s until the early 1930s although it changed over time so all of this influence come to meet uh, at the piano uh, under Gershwin's hands and uh, I wanted to look at this tune do it again well for a variety of reasons first because it's gorgeous second is because it's one of these tunes that he has written to be sung in a musical and later on he republished as piano arrangements now there are roughly uh, 20 short piano arrangements from his songs um, that he published himself um, but uh, they have become part of the uh, let's say repertoire even of uh, classical pianists and as a matter of fact this came um, in class with a student so i i've been looking at it again because i was studying this um, 
um, long time ago and uh, as i'm practicing with my student i discover a lot of interesting interesting things so uh, uh, it originated uh, in a funny way it was in the office of uh, a certain music publisher called max dreyfus where gershwin was and uh, and one day the lyricist called um, buddy de silva walked in uh, buddy de silva wrote the lyrics of this tune uh, De Silva uh, said jokingly uh, to Gershwin, uh, George, let's uh, write a hit. And uh, uh, of course, uh, George went at the piano and started playing. Um, he came up with a, with a theme uh, that was composed on the spot. So Buddy listened to it for a few minutes and then began chanting the title, Oh, do it again! And which was perfectly fitting the musical theme. The theme is uh, uh, sounds like this. Okay, so you can already have a sense through these few notes, how lush and uh, harmonically rich this piece is. Uh, before I continue playing and we talk uh, more specifically about the music, I uh, just wanted to uh, read you the words, because uh, uh, we are going to discuss uh, how the music fit those. So there is a verse, and the verse goes, uh, tell me, tell me, what did you do to me? I just got a thrill that was new to me. When uh, your two lips were pressed to mine, when you held me, I wasn't snuggling. You should know I really was struggling. I've only met you and I shouldn't let you. But then the song starts. Oh, do it again. I may say, no, 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 but do it again. My lips just ache to have you take the kiss that's waiting for you. You know if you do, you won't regret it come and get it so uh, the song continues but we understand already the, the, the context this is uh, a lady pro probably a girl who has just been kissed surprisingly and uh, she, the, there is a sort of a inner dialogue uh, she's uh, she's conflicted because she can't say uh, want another one but uh, she really wants another one um, and then continues oh no one is near i may cry oh but no one will hear my mom will scold me because she told me that it's naughty but then oh do it again please do it again so um this is not certainly high classical poetry uh, but it reflects a, a life context that perhaps many of, of us many of the listener will uh, uh, can possibly uh, reflect themselves in so um, musically speaking we find so many interesting little uh, pearls of uh, style and i would say even genius so uh, first of all uh, the the verse let's hear how the verse uh, 
as uh, goes. I can't sing it, I'm afraid, but I will make out the melody as clearly as possible. So what did we hear? The verse, as quite typically in uh, opera and vocal, vocal music, the verse has a sort of uh, suspended feel. Uh, it's moderato, but also uh, it doesn't really seem to want to go anywhere particularly. So tell me, tell me, tell what you did to me. I just got a thrill that was new to me when your two lips were pressed to me. And the, uh, the strategy here, the musical strategy is quite common, I was saying, because we don't really want to uh, give a, a particularly strong trajectory anywhere. This sense of suspension is functional so that when the song does start, uh, we are uh, already carrying all the tension that we have uh, been uh, following through the, through the verse. Uh, but even more importantly, uh, this, uh, this sense of uh, suspension in the lyrics is given by her, the, the main character, uh, describing the, the what hap what's happening or wondering what's happening uh, it's a quite a let's say an outward look into it so tell me tell me what you did to me I just got a thrill that was new to me when your two lips were pressed to mine when you held me I wasn't snuggling I was snuggling you should know I, re mean, I really was struggling uh, I've only met you and I should let you but and this is where the magic starts, all of this talking, all of this outward talking is for a moment broken, suspended, interrupted by the now inside talk. And here we go, that's the magic, this, the dream, this, uh, the inner conversation starts.
gonna continue but before I do I want you to notice uh, a couple of details uh, the first lyric of uh, the chorus of the refrain it's on a long note do it again what is it what's that word it's a oh 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 it's a no word it's a sigh it's a um <laughs> it's just just an expression of emotion and uh, how interesting that in uh, in this phrase it's a three bars motive three bars melody made of five notes this difference between a very long note that has no actual word to it and uh, the urge uh, do it again from her uh, coming at the end as a sort of a, um, downward please do it again I can't I can't wait there is there is a sort of letting uh, letting herself in uh, uh, this other person arms and we can see it in the way the melody um, draws down loses the initial impetus and then I may say no 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 but do it again so it's an extremely simple just from here down up back to here and down again and then uh, we can also notice um, the next phrase goes my lips just ache to have you take the kiss that's waiting for you so the melody is set like this once again we have pretty much just a scale up and down there isn't a, a, a real sophisticated melodic contour it just like she's just talking to herself in a very um, you know kind of a personal sweet lament and uh, at the same time uh, she's describing in the words how the little little sorrow the little <laughs> anguish my lips just ache to have you take this kiss that's waiting for you and how does the music represent this well first of all as we say in this slow raise my lips just ache to have you take the kiss that's waiting for you and the harmony also is very chromatic which is in music in general chromaticism tends to be used by composer to enhance um, maybe emotional uh, emotions sometimes physical feelings um, in this case the chromaticism uh, are just languid, sensual. Uh, by chromaticism, by the way, if you're not if you're not a musician, we intend the movement by these half steps, and combination of these will turn out to sounds like right, or of course in the other way around. And here this melody my lips just take etc is harmonized by Gershwin in this way
can you can see how this phrase is uh, how the lyrics are expressing the anguish through the chords that Gershwin wrote mm. I find also beautiful this uh, uh, what happens right after the lyrics say uh, you won't regret it come and get it there is a sort of a, a moment of uh, courage and, and and she dares to to say it. possibly she doesn't say it out loud she says it only in her mind but uh, the version the, that uh, Gershwin the musical version that uh, uh, Gershwin uses to underline this goes like this so you won't regret it come and get it so interestingly come and get it goes on the high note on the on the highest note so far that's where you know the big breath is needed where the courage comes out and um, uh, uh, of course the music stops for a minute stops for act actually a bar the the the, the accompaniment somehow stops and the voice just spreads out so i'm gonna play you the entire phrase i'm not gonna s say you sing it but you now you have the uh, you have the uh, you have them in your mind another uh, interesting chromatic moment that adds once again this uh, languid uh, feel uh, in the second verse um, of the in the second part in the second verse of the of the song she sings i may cry oh ho 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 but no one will hear and the music goes this it's another touch of uh, sensual sorrow uh, that uh, has been expressed right here so uh, there are there are uh, uh, so many little uh, stylistic uh, touches of genius and uh, this is the reason why I really enjoy to play Gershwin piano music although um, I wish the piano sometimes would uh, be able to say the words as well. Um, uh, so uh, certainly Gershwin knew how his music was, uh, how his melody and, and his composition were expressively 
um, intense and so uh, he was convinced i think later years as i mentioned earlier to record um, and to publish their uh, arrangement for piano solo he mm, now are actually quite easy to to find and they are um, uh, i mean if you don't know the lyrics uh, i must say you can still play fantastic music this this piano uh, uh, scores are so rich so uh, filled with details and uh, uh, knowing the lyrics makes it uh, perhaps uh, much more um, let's say meaningful perhaps but uh, however there is plenty here to discover for example uh, we mentioned earlier that the very first lyric uh, of the song is just a sigh, a ho, oh, do it again, right? And what happens during that uh, that lyric, that the word? It's uh, actually six beats of music. <laughs> Did you hear what happened? You have this long note, and then. is this well there is some chromaticism there is it's, it's an actual interesting melodic line that happens right when the singer is holding this note I often say in my classes these are uh, emotional comments uh, this little melody here is supposed to represent or, or support or enhance or put the spotlight not on the lyrics itself themselves but on the uh, emotional content what's happening as I am singing these words there is this uh, turmoil of emotions and, and sensual sorrow that's happening so last final chord are the the daring sentence you uh, what is goes you won't regret it come and get it
how interesting we have all this uh, uh, all these details that sounds like uh, right it's an it's a orchestral piano it's just color it's just the nuances extra sounds that uh, a fine composer as Gershwin is can add to make the music to embellish to ornament but if you look into the exact choice that he's making he's just uh, reflecting in sound emotional content uh, particularly notice uh, this when he goes there is the typical three over two uh, one two three one two three one two three and in the in the left hand we have one two one two one two this seems to be just a little detail but uh, the rhythmical uh, the rhythmical say idea is just uh, a simple effective way to represent uh, some some turmoil uh, in it, some inside uh, psychological turmoil uh, and the words go oh ho 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 that's it oh ho 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 right turmoil and then you have the the line going down certainly some something like uh, the melody sounds like is uh, is giving up perhaps a little bit losing a bit of courage is losing the impetus and at the same time the emotion goes up result and then there is another internal voice that echoes right and then a little bit more courage This is just two pages of music and there's so much going on. It's uh, uh, in a similar manner uh, as we found a few months ago on Mozart. We see how much theater there is in it. Uh, it's a theater more inward in this particular case. We have the inner dialogue, the inner conflict of the main character So uh, that, that is displayed musically. So in, in, in a manner... Um, the con the the action is uh, somehow psychological uh, but at the same time very very common who hasn't desired to give or to receive a kiss and who has uh, who has not ever uh, uh, conflicted uh, with themselves about whether it's uh, good or not <laughs> to give it or to receive it right um, the, uh, in Mozart, we used to think uh, a theater as something very, I would say, outward, while with Gershwin and with, of course, modern times, this is something that, of course, we can uh, find similarly in, uh, uh, in Verdi, but even more in Puccini and all the, all the moders, modern opera uh, composers. Uh, nevertheless, in this case, it seems to be compacted in, a, in, a just, in just a song. There is uh, so much uh, uh, e economy of means and at the same time richness of, 
outcomes of uh, expressive results uh, this music can be just taken as a, a song as a melody and chords you can find uh, easily lead sheets but in his original arrangements you will be able to find many more expressive details so i'm gonna play again the whole thing and then we're gonna listen to the uh, a nice recording by a, a great singer All right, thank you very much for being with me today in this uh, little journey into uh, Gershwin's uh, creative mind and genius and expressive musical ideas. Um, uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, uh, Sarah Vaughan, the great uh, jazz singer, interpreting the same song. And um, I'm going to see you next uh, time. You will find links in the episode description about uh, the piano uh, roles that we heard in the beginning, the collection of his, and um, uh, and perhaps even a link to this, uh, if I find it, a link to the mm, scores of it. So uh, uh, thank you for being with me once again, and I will see you the next time. Here now, do it again by Sarah Vaughan. <laughs> Should know I really was.
Just a, a quick note to say that my course on counterpoint is active and available. Uh, throughout the years I developed an approach to counterpoint that is practical, fun, interactive and aims at developing your improvisational skills from the ground up. It is designed for piano players at the beginner or intermediate level. It is called Counterpoint Fundamentals, it's on udemy.com and with the coupon code the music code you get 30% discount. If you're curious about Counterpoint but not sure what it is or why it matters in music, go ahead and watch the first two classes which are free. The link is in the description. Coupon code is the music code the music code no space no dot no dash the music code okay and uh, let me know what you think thanks for listening to where is the music podcast if you enjoyed this episode look up for others i made a few i publish an episode every week roughly investigating each time a different aspect of music the music making, the music listening, the meaning of music and its relevance in our lives. It is very helpful for me if you like, subscribe, follow on your favorite platform. Where is the music is on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TuneIn and Google Podcasts. If you like to support me, you are free to do so through Patreon. Link in description. Thank you again. Until next time. <laughs>